0: I rewatched it, so you don't have to. A look back at Iowa's win against Purdue. The offense up and down. Were there some positives, though, to take away? We will talk about that. The numbers are in from Pro Football Focus. How did Iowa grade out on the football field offensively and defensively? And it's a showdown for the crappy Big Ten West. Can Iowa beat Wisconsin today? Locked on Hawkeyes. You are locked on Hawkeyes. Your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ben, I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes Podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen every single day. We're available wherever you get podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube while you're there. Make sure you hit that subscribe button helps us get in front of more Hawkeye fans. Well, we watched it again and you know when I rewatch these football games each and every week. You're, you're looking for things that you miss the first time around. Obviously that is a part of it, but also with the sense of the way the game's going to play out, you can concentrate in different levels in different areas. So, First, a a run through of what we saw and and some thoughts that if you listen to the instant reaction podcast on Saturday evening, you you got a few of these things, but a couple of things that popped out, just kind of running through. All right. Opening drive. uh, Let's see. A a loss of one on the first play of the game. They go empty. And the next two plays. So it's second and nine and then third and nine after an incompletion. uh, Take a shot in double coverage down the field on that second down play. Third and nine. All both of those plays came in the empty formation. And I don't want to say that you completely rid yourself of a formation that is part of your offense, but it it almost feels like it's time to get rid of that crappy formation. It just, it doesn't work. This goes into my line of thinking again, what is Iowa's philosophy? What are they trying to do? You want to be 50-50 run base. I get that. What kind of mismatches are you creating with Iowa? When you go five wide, when you take any ability for a tight end to be chipping, you take away any ability for a running back to be able to pick up a blitzer, I just, for what Iowa is and their deficiencies that they have, I don't think it makes much much sense when Iowa has at least even an, a blow-average offense, not a terrible offense, and I, I just scrap it. Anyway, so great punt by Tory Taylor. It takes a crazy hop, and they get a big punt return. Here comes Purdue back the other way. Joe Evans, uh, this was a forebearing of things to come. A tackle for loss uh, on first down, makes it third and eight. Nick Jackson gets off the block. He was really, I, I think, the improvement we've seen from Nick Jackson, a lot needs to be said about that. Playing a new position, what he has been able to do, really been impressed by his play. Uh, Card escaped on that wild play out to the right and tossed it away. Should have been incompletion completion. Instead, uh, turns into a run. So I was next possession. After getting a break there as Hudson card was not down as he threw the ball out of bounds, but they had to punt it away because they said he was down. So I would get some ball back anyway. First play rollout pass. Caleb looked good. That was one of the most successful offensive plays that we saw in the passing game and the touchdown to Eric all. We'll get to that. Had another play up to seam, but it was a good looking play and, was on time and on the money, one of the rare times we could say that in this game. And the next play then, Caleb Johnson sprints in the end zone, 67 yards. I was up 7-0 on that one. Next time down, Y.A. Black, I think he continues to show out. mentioned a week ago against Michigan State, I thought he played his best game in a Hawkeye uniform and that continued. He's playing at a high level. Love to see that a guy that you could just tell with the coaching staff from Calvin Bell, the defensive line coach, Phil Parker, they've been waiting for this because you see the ability. You see the guy that moves at that kind of size, has his strength, his versatility. They've been excited about him. Health has always been the concern, and it feels like it's clicking right now. Jamari Harris had a big hit also on that drive. Uh, the interception, though, when Iowa gets the football back, it was a drop pass. It was also a little bit of a high throw. The Anderson will say, yeah, I should have caught that. He also had to jump up to try to make the play. And here's another thing. And, as we talk about Deacon Hill in the six of twenty one performance, it was brutal. no do two ways about it. It was awful. And re-watching it, I will tell you, it still looked awful again. One thing to remember, and I think a play like that definitely shows out. We saw what kind of havoc the win played in the kicking game. And the same could be said in the passing game. I think that's something that at least needs to be mentioned. It was really windy down there on the field. And though it wasn't, some games where you see 25, 35 mile an hour winds. It wasn't like that. There were just something about the way that it swirled down on the ground, down at field level. It, it was just, it was odd. It was something you rarely see a Kinnick in a day that isn't super windy in comparison to some that we see it. There was a breeze. There was a wind, no doubt about it, but there were just something about the way that it was coming in. I think that wrecked have there, including maybe on that play, uh, but Iowa gets it right back and Cooper, DeSheen runs it back. Now, if, if we would have saw running up and and how about the hustle out of Jay Higgins? He's getting up there and trying to block guys. I think he blocked the wrong guy, and Cooper would have got in. But hey, it sets your offense up on the doorstep, right? Chance to put this thing not in the bang in the first half, but boy, create a big difference the way that defense came to play. Instead, it's the Iowa offense. First, a goal from the five. Now I, I could argue that. Cooper Sheen was actually at three. And we're picky here because we're talking about an awful Iowa offense, but okay, now out of the five. There we go. First play. Plow forward into the line, get a couple yards. Fine. Second down. From the three. Again, something that I've been trying to figure out for years. What is Iowa's offensive identity? What are you trying to do? Well, bullies of the Big Ten, physical football, yada, yada, yada and you line up in shotgun. Okay. It it drives me nuts more on third and fourth and one teams that do that and play out of shotgun. Iowa doesn't do that, thank God. That's one less thing I guess for me to complain about, but shotgun, snaps high, Deacon can't corral it. It's a 15-yard loss. And then the third down play, where they run the draw play, that was a well conceived play. Look, you're not going to make a touchdown there. You're just not. With the, what we were seeing at that point from Deacon Hill, that was the right play. That was the correct thing to do. And I knew the Boo Birds were out. And they weren't as plentiful uh, after that play as they were in some other moments of the game. I was fine with that. Take the field goal, get your three. And they did just that to take a 10-0 lead, you thought. Um, They did on that one. Okay, sorry about that. All right, uh, let's see. Oh, the pass interference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pass interference, this is a little bit earlier from Cooper Jean. Sorry, my notes a little bit out of order. This was uh, before the field goal no good from Purdue. Cooper Jean, that was a bad call. He was called for pass interference. That was not pass interference. All right. Going through that, uh, let's see. More missed passes, run for four. Had Caleb Johnson open on another drive. That didn't work out. We mentioned a high snap after the Cooper INT, uh, and away we go. Another three and out the next time Iowa gets the ball. First down, missed a wide-open receiver. The play design, and and that was something, again, watching it again and going back to what Iowa scheme and what they're trying to do, is the route concepts from this football team are absolutely baffling. I mean, how many times do you have guys that are running in the same area? And this was one of them there. You're trying to get the ball out to the running back coming out of the backfield, and then right behind him, like, four yards is a tight end also coming out that way. You're bringing defenders over with it. It's just... It is so ill-conceived. It is just, it feels like they don't know what they're doing. And that's silly. They know what they're doing. These, these are college football coaches. These are guys that absolutely have the background to be able to, you would think, scheme something better than what they're doing. Yep, here we are. So that's uh, what we have here, some of the notes from the first half. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's uh, that led to uh, the blocked field goal. Caleb, Huge run in midfield. LaShawn went for 13. to run it again. LaShawn again for four. Roll left. That was a poor play design that I was talking about. Another one of those hideous ones. And then rolling to the left in general. I mean, it's so difficult, even for very talented quarterbacks, to be able to do that. Now, the thing about Deacon Hill, and because of the strong arm that he has, he's probably a little bit better equipped. But that is something that you have to drill so much as a quarterback is when you're rolling to the left, getting your hips turned, getting those shoulders turned, making that throw completely. Somebody throws normally sail when you're doing that. Pressure's coming on you. you got to get your body re- reset, reorganized. A lot of times there's going to be pressure coming into your face then as you reset and as you're facing and trying to make that throw. It's difficult. It's really difficult to do there. And on top of it, it looked like the route tree was broken, but that's been the case for seven years. i then the block field goal. Uh, after a completion to all for three. Uh then we go down towards the end of the half. Oh, how about that? So the broken play. It happens. Xavier Wampa missed a tackle. Could have been help on the backside. There was It was it was a goofy play. Things like that happen. It's a broken play. I'm not going to freak out about the defense giving up the score on that one. But the kickoff out of bounds. So this Purdue kicker kicks it out of bounds and what? Oh no, it's all good. I, I, the wind blew it off the tee. No, it didn't. The guys, lying. I guess we, we allow liars in the Big Ten these days. Halftime. We come back with the second half grades from Pro Football Focus, including a grade that I was absolutely bewildered by. Deacon Hill goes six of twenty-one. His grade from Pro Football Focus. It will surprise you. We'll do that as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown Hawkeyes is brought to you by Athletic Brewing. Now it's the time for the game changer of the week. It's brought to you each and every week by Athletic Brewing Company, much like our game changer of the week, and that is Caleb Johnson. What a performance out of him! Not just the touchdown run to give Iowa the lead, a couple of big runs in there involved in the passing game. He, being back, is a game changer for this offense. Well, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Yeah, how about that? Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. Great tasting and award-winning beating up full strength beers in global competitions fit for all times. So you can drink them anytime, anywhere, make any, ta- any activity even more enjoyable watching the big 10 or your kid big game or your kid's game, tackling a workout, whatever it may be. And how about this? No hangovers. Every you can find athletic in store online and at bars all around the country. They're the fastest growing non-alcoholic brewery in the United States. So, Time for you to get on board. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brewers at a store near here, or just go online. It's athleticbrewing.com is where you can find them. First-time customers, you can use the code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 15% off your first online order. Again, code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Trent kind of back with you again on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast, a rewatch of the 22-14 win over Purdue. We move on to the second half after Purdue tries to cheat at the end of the first half. We'll get away with cheating, I guess, at the end of the first half. And uh, What else do we have here? Not a ton more outside of things that we talked about. The run game got going. I I thought this was a time where... Getting the ball up the seam to Eric Hall. That was a great play. The run game gets going. They're they're looking better. The second half was a whole lot better for Deacon Hill. It really was. So they get down there. They make the couple of throws to all. Of course, he had five of the six catches in the football game. We already talked about the other one. <laughs> to the running back. Uh, so anyway, they get down there. and They get down to the eight-yard line. And then they try to do... The throwback play to the tackle. Mason Richmond was incredibly debilitated throughout this game. Him and Connor Colby. If I had been able to develop any kind of depth in that offensive line over the last couple of years, those guys wouldn't have been out there. But alas, here we are. So you have two guys that can't move, including one guy that, as of Friday, Mason Richmond, Kirk Ferentz didn't think was going to play in the football game. And what do you do? You set up a throwback play to your tight end in a game where your wide receiver still was without a catch and finished without a catch. Now, maybe it was just something hokey, and maybe very well could be, I don't know, maybe they're just trolling us at this point. I don't know, because the play call, it was set up. But if Mason Richmond catches that football, if he catches the football there, what is the likelihood that he turns it upfield Gets into the end zone, doesn't fumble, doesn't get touched. And is able to get there because of his physical ailments. I just, so many times, Brian Ferentz just gets too cute. and Things are working. At this point, It was going up and just getting the ball to all. The run game was going at this point. This was not like we talked about the first couple of weeks when they couldn't even get the run game going. And just trying to outsmart yourself, trying to be too cute. Don't be too cute. You don't have to show us how smart you are because, frankly, we don't think you're very smart as an offensive coordinator. Knock it off with that crap. If you're going to do a trick play, do a real trick play. Uh, Not this garbage. It didn't work. It was knocked down. And probably, thank goodness, because Mason Richmond maybe would have had his leg gripped off. Good God. Uh, Just absolutely baffling. So we got that. um, I mentioned this also on the Instant Reaction podcast. It, It. I don't know why it bothers me so much. Well, I know why it bothers me so much. It bothers me so much because Iowa could have lost the football game because of Kurt Ferentz and his inability to do very simple football math. 14 minutes to go. Iowa scores the touchdown. They go up 19-7. They kick the extra point. Two touchdowns beats you. Two touchdowns with short extra points. We're going to talk about the NFL where the extra points are moved back. We're talking about a 20-yard extra point. Two touchdowns beats you. And Purdue got the football back with a chance to beat Iowa all for what? I don't know what the justification could possibly be. How we thought we were going to score again. Knock it off with that crap. That's not what you're playing here. You're playing, you play to win the game, right? You play to win. And for not going for two there, that is just short sighted. That's not having your head in the game. Kirk, you're whistling at officials and you're going crazy. And. Poor Drew Stevens, as he had that second field goal that was missed and it wasn't even close. Well, when your coach is hooting and hollering on the sidelines and freaking out about a five-yard delay penalty, have your field goal unit out there. Let's go. Get your head screwed on straight. And then to not go for two, that's bad coaching. That is bad coaching, and that could have cost Iowa the football game for not being in the game. Was it a senior moment? Let's hope not. That was bad. The difference between 12- and 13-point lead, in the fourth quarter of a football game, in a low-scoring game is so negligible. It's fractions of a percent. What could you possibly be thinking there? Maybe nothing. I don't know. I don't know if there's justification. I didn't see anything in the transcript or what I heard after the football game about that. I think that's coaching malpractice. That could have lost Iowa the football game for no reason. For no reason at all. There is nothing justifiable for that and it drives me nuts It absolutely drives me crazy that's a rewatch let's get into the numbers pro football focus those numbers coming your way offensive and defensively whoo it is there are some questionable ones in there let's get into it and let's start with the defense so the defense no surprise we see some good numbers from the defense Deontay Craig rated as the best defensive lineman a 75 and a half great to see him step up had the sack early this season he was back out there playing at a high level. We mentioned Y.A. Black. He continues to ascend. Joe Evans. In fact, I thought Joe Evans was going to be maybe even a little bit higher. Four tackles for loss in the game. He grades out at a 73.1. Right behind him is Aaron Graves. Maybe his best game in a Hawkeye uniform. Had the sack. Hudson Carter kind of ran back into him on that play. Nearly had another. He was huffing and puffing and chasing him down a couple of times. Aaron Graves, another guy you are hoping that development continues. And with the potential return of Noah Shannon, not having to play as many snaps, that's a pretty good thing there. Logan Lee is 65.9. I mean, he had a monster game. 10 tackles, a couple of sacks, and a 65.9. That one was a little bit surprising. And then Llewellyn and Herc had uh, 63 and a 62, respectively, for both those guys. Where's Brian Allen? This defense is out on the field a ton. And on a day where they play, their best performance and certainly the best performance of the defensive line this season. It's kind of silly to say, where is the next guy in line and where are we talking about here? Uh, The eighth guy down in the order, but Brian Allen showed up so well back in spring football. Same thing in the August camp. He was the star, certainly defensively of that one day camp. And we just haven't seen a ton of them. We've seen them late in a couple of football games. I'm surprised. I think he can help out. And if I was going to continually still be playing, 75, 80, 90 snaps a game. Yeah, you're going to be wanting to work on that depth a little bit more. Not having those guys out there play that many snaps, we know how debilitating uh, that can be. At linebacker, no surprise, it was Jay Higgins again, the top-rated linebacker. Nick Jackson, a 55.8. I was uh, a little bit surprised by that. I thought that would be a tick higher than what it was. I think he continues to ascend. And then Kyler Fisher with a 48.3. Defensive backfield, Sebastian Castro, Grays out as the top defensive back at a 70.4. Castro was fine. Uh, I didn't think he was great. I was a little bit surprised by that number. Xavier Wapa was next with a 70.3. I do not agree with that number. Cooper DeGene with the 70. I don't agree with that number. Cooper DeGene, I thought, was the best defensive back. And he mentioned the pass interference call. And maybe it's just because I believe it shouldn't have been pass interference. That his grade probably would have been better without that. He was taking on a really talented freshman. And uh, that young kid... He's got a future and a start, and hopefully by the time that Iowa sees them again in 2026, he's not around because that dude is a really good football player, and he's going to uh, make some guys hit. Quinn Schulte then a big step back as a 61.6 for him. Jamari Harris a 61.1. There was one play where uh, Kirk was screaming at him and Phil Parker and uh, another defensive coach was over on the sideline just screaming at Harris for not getting back and uh, getting up, I guess, quicker. It was just a little... uh, a little quick uh, out router stop route out on the outside and they were not pleased with him, but I thought Harris played a little bit better than that. So at least me and pro football focus defensively, don't look at things the same way. Certainly don't look the same way offensively, including the quarterback position. Stay right there. Deacon Hill, what he graded from pro football focus. This is one of the most baffling things that I have seen from these numbers. We'll do that as we continue. Plus, Do the Hawkeyes have any chance of beating Wisconsin? We do that as we roll through on Locked on Hawkeyes. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible, eligible items only exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Trent kind of back with you one final time on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. All right, we've been teasing this one. Let's let's hit it. Deacon Hill, his numbers from Pro Football Focus. Deacon Hill, young man that went six of twenty one throwing the football. Threw four, 110 yards, one touchdown, winner, interception. Yeah, that Deacon Hill. Not talking about a different dude here. Not talking about some guy that's playing in the Sun Belt or some guy that's playing in the Pioneer League. No, no. Our Deacon Hill with that performance. He grades out above average. In fact, on this scale from pro football focus, he grades out as well, and in fact, better, numerically. The Caleb Williams. Now, I watch most of the USC-Arizona game on Saturday night. And if you thought that Deacon Hill outplayed Caleb Williams, I I don't know what you're seeing. Their numbers see it differently. 67.8 grade for Deacon Hill. One thing they do love in their grading scale is big-time throws. And he had three of what they consider, consider three big-time throws. So that's a part of it. He only had one turnover-worthy play. That's a part of it, too, still. Kept clean. 3 of 8 for 38 yards and a touchdown. Went under pressure. Deacon Hill, 3 of 13 for 73 yards. When he wasn't blitzed, 2 of 7 for 31 yards. I mean, all these num- numbers are awful. When he was blitzed, 4 of 14 for 79 yards and the touchdown to all. And off play action, three of six, 62 yards and one touchdown. No play action there. Three of 15. That goes back to what I was talking about earlier with the five wide receiver. Of course, there's no play action when nobody's around. You don't have a running back around you. There's going to be no play action. Get rid of that five wide receiver set. It's driven me nuts for years for what I was trying to do. All right. Running back, Caleb Johnson, 66.9. Thought he should have been a tick higher than that. LaShawn Williams, a 60.3. Same thing with him. Uh, the number that hurt Caleb Johnson was him in pass blocking, working his way back, obviously, off of injury. Don't get those kind of reps. You can see that one. A fine on that one. The wide receivers, do we need to do it? I mean, nobody caught a ball. No. Tight end, Eric All, stud, 89.9. That's huge. That's it's like a 99 if you're talking about a grading scale in uh in academia. Yeah, academia, that's that's a great one there. stilianos Orworth, Pacuzzi, kind of nothing to say there of the other three tight ends. Here we go, offensive line. Your top-rated offensive lineman was Rusty Fett. And I guess the best thing I could say out of Rusty in this game is he didn't look awful. That's a step-up. Logan Jones is 65.8. Mason Richmond is 60.8. Dunker a 59. Colby a 53. Stevens also a 53 in that one. What really hurt both of the injured guys with Mason Richmond and Connor Colby? Both of their pass-blocking grades were in the teens. We know how good the pass-blocking has been throughout most of this season for Iowa. We'll see. And we'll see what they are health-wise. Like, as we get ready for Wisconsin, that remains the great question. Is this team going to be healthy? Are they healthy enough at the offensive line position to keep that ru- gr- run game going? I was not built to win this game even 20-17. to 17. It's going to have to be a weird 10-7, 12-8, 15-13. That's the kind of game, and I believe the only kind of game that Iowa can win. The good news is it's not a vintage Wisconsin team. And I was had so many troubles against Jim Leonard's defense and what Wisconsin started to do, what, seven, eight years ago when Anderson went to town there with the 3-4 scheme. Maybe with the new staff out there, Iowa can find a few cracks. Maybe they can find a few things that they can figure out. Let's hope. We'll break the game down a little bit deeper. We will have a Lockdown Crossover Edition with Lockdown Wisconsin coming up this week, breaking things down and getting you a little more insight into that Wisconsin program, we will do that. Jason's is going to be here, and of course, former Hawkeye running back LaShawn Daniels, as he is each and every week during football season. We got a busy one coming up for you this week. It is, for all intents and purposes, the Big Ten West title game coming up on Saturday against Wisconsin. Not overly optimistic, but hey, maybe throughout the week, we can talk ourselves into it. Still also owe you a mailbag edition. Make sure to continue commenting over on YouTube with your thoughts, comments, and questions over there. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Trent Condon. That is Trent Condon with an N-C-O-N-D-O-N, regardless of what the smartasses on some message boards like to say. C-O-N-D-O-N is where you can find me at Trent Condon or just on Lockdown, Iowa is where you can find us as well over on Twitter X. We'll be back with you tomorrow with more Hawkeye talk. It is press conference Tuesday. That is coming your way on tomorrow's episode. Thanks for making Locked on Hawkeyes your first listen every day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Go Hawks.